There's never a dull moment here in the swamp. There's always some sort of cryptid encounter going down somewhere. And there's always somebody sending in their experience with unknown cryptid creatures. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true cryptid encounter horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit them at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to see your story and potentially share it in a future episode. Recently, it seems like these encounters have been getting more and more aggressive, and that might be good for your listening pleasure, but I'm sure that that's not fun for these people experiencing these things. Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe if you're new, and get ready for these creepy and downright strange cryptid encounter horror stories that will freak you out tonight. Something Evil Lurks in My Woods by Sam Sara Hi Swamp Dweller, my name is Sam, and I live in a rural town in Michigan with my family. This includes myself, my twin sister Molly, my younger sisters Naya and Sierra, and our parents. I'm 19 years old and I've always loved the outdoors. I hike and rock climb regularly. Alright, now that you know a little bit about me, let me tell you about the strange events that occurred the other night. My little sister had their friend Jules over for a sleepover, and we were all giggling up in the room having a good time late into the night. Sometime around 11pm, Molly went into the younger girl's room to join the fun. I stayed in my bed because, well, I was honestly just really comfy where I was and pretty tired. Sometime around midnight, maybe a little bit later, I heard a series of deep, guttural screams coming from what I thought was the girl's room. You know, at first I paid no mind to the noises until I got a text from Naya that made the hair on the back of my neck go straight up. Did you hear them? The text read, I knew exactly what my sister was referring to. Yeah, I thought it was you guys, I responded. No, they came from the woods. Another spine-tingling text lit up my phone. I ran into my little sister's room, and when I entered, Naya screamed and Molly nearly leapt out of her skin. So, to say the least, they were on edge. We sat as silently as we could for a few minutes until the next series of screams echoed through the woods right outside the room. What are they? Sierra asked sleepily. I think what terrified me the most was that we were all in an unspoken agreement that there was a them that was making the noises. It wasn't just the wind or a frog or some other normal creature. This was something supernatural and we all knew it. Could it be coyotes? Naya asked. No, Molly responded. They sound much different than this. Guys, I'm scared, Sierra chimed in. Being the youngest of us, Sierra was not uncommon in making comments like this, but this time, we were all in agreement. We were all scared. Jules, who had been sleeping through this ordeal, woke up just enough to get the words... I don't want to play this game anymore, and then fell back asleep. 
We were all confused by her comment, but eventually moved past it. Should we, like, have Dad go out there? Naya asked anxiously. Why don't you go out there? Molly snapped back. She hardly ever raises her voice, so we knew she was scared too. We ultimately decided that we would all go out there together, as a unit, as a team, you know, strength in numbers or whatever. Looking back, I don't know why we thought we could protect ourselves from whatever evil awaited in the woods. But we gingerly trudged into the darkness, one by one, flashlight in hand. We decided to stay in our big group instead of splitting up because even though it took us longer to search the woods that way, we weren't about to end up like idiots in horror movies. After scouring the woods for what felt like hours but was no more than ten minutes, we heard the screams again. This time, they were closer than ever, right next to us, but all around at the same time. There were at least a half a dozen of them. All of us frantically whipped our heads around, trying to see whatever was making those god-awful noises. When suddenly, Naya whimpered, Guys, we all turned around to see where her flashlight was pointing. And there, standing nearly as tall as the tree it was next to, was this hideous, lanky creature. It was pale and tall, with some sort of vile essence to it. It looked like it had never seen an ounce of sunlight. Its fingers were long and spindly, but there were only four fingers in each hand. I moved my gaze to its face, as if you could even call it that. Where this thing's face should be, all there was was a set of small black circles, which I can only presume were its eyes, and a sick eerie smile that stretched across its face. Its teeth protrude from the gums like long, dirty thorns on a branch. Its ribs are showing through its skin on its torso like bars through a frosted glass window. We all stood there with our eyes fixed on this creature who just watched us. Then it opened its mouth, and what happened next was hard for me to even, to even remember or even write down. It spoke. I don't want to play this game anymore. The creature mimicked Jules. What the hell? Molly whispered. We were all too stunned to move. Then, all of a sudden, we were surrounded by a whole troop of these things. Everywhere I looked, there was another one of these pale white creatures. I don't want to play this game anymore. They chanted over and over again. I told everybody to run, and we all scattered off in different directions. Once I reached the edge of the forest, I stopped to catch my breath. I heard Jules yell at me from deeper into the woods. Sam, run! She screamed breathlessly with one of them hot on her heels. I made a beeline for the door to our shed because it was the closest form of safety. The rest of the girls followed Molly and me into the shed, and Naya locked the door behind us. Where are they gone? Sierra whispered, but before anyone had time to answer, there was a banging on the side of the tin walls of the shed. They had followed us out of the woods. We huddled in a circle close together as, as we were just... Absolutely terrified and hours away from the sun. Eventually, the sun would shine through the tiny window on the top of the shed and the banging stopped. And we all assumed they were finally gone. We opened the shed door cautiously in case the creatures were still lurking, and thankfully they were nowhere to be seen. We ran towards the house as fast as we could and locked the door behind us. Then we all returned to Naya and Sierra's room and we passed out on the floor until we woke up around noon. 
Our mom was unhappy at how late we slept in, and we told her we were just up late talking. We knew she wouldn't believe the truth. The Father Thing by J.O.Pick I was lucky enough to have grown up in the 80s and 90s when people could think about buying a house in central London without being oligarchs or oil babies. It was a two-floor Victorian flat with a large garden, just around the corner from the Natural History Museum, which is truly unique when I look back on it. I was somewhere around six years old and my father was increasingly traveling more for work, which was unusual. It was the middle of the day and my grandmother, mother, and older sister were downstairs in the kitchen and dining room, which led to the garden. I don't know what spurred me on, but I went up the spiral staircase, running as a part of some game where I enthusiastically would be running full pelt. I remember feeling happy, breathlessly excited, and then a sudden, jarring, emotional turn. I remember stopping dead in my tracks with a deep fear like, Every fiber of my being was screaming at me that there was danger and something was off. Even writing this now can evoke that feeling, and the hairs on my body stand on end. I don't like recalling memories and rarely tell this story. At the top of the stairs was a landing between the living room and my parents' room. My parents' room was a wall of mirrors that contained closets. My dad was standing in front of the old, small TV adjusting his bow tie. My quote-unquote dad, who absolutely couldn't be there because he was at work, turns to me and gestures me to come over to me. I was being called into the room with a familiar smile and a friendly gesture. My frozen apprehension broke at that point, and sheer terror took over me. I bolted down the stairs as fast as possible, I had always hesitated about running down those stairs as fast as I could climb them as I had previously toppled down and knocked out my front tooth when I was younger. No such hesitation existed in this moment. Without trepidation, I threw myself down and immediately sought out my Irish grandmother, who wore those long, flowing dresses and clung to her dress for dear life. I could tell she was a bit surprised. At the time, I didn't know how to express my feelings or really explain what happened in any sort of understandable way. I just clung on to her for a while. My granny could tell that something was wrong but didn't press me for answers, which was an odd response given her character and how I was behaving. It would be a long time before I could convey this story to anyone in any rational sense. At the time, I felt like I needed to be right with her and safe. Honestly, after doing a lot of research... I think what I saw was some sort of doppelganger, shapeshifter, or maybe just an evil spirit, but I think it falls into this cryptid category. I Saw a Skimwalker by Anonymous About two months ago, my husband and I stayed in a camper on a friend's property in northern Wisconsin. One night, I wasn't feeling very well, so I went and laid down in the camper and promptly fell asleep. A few hours later, sometime around 3am, I suddenly woke up, bolted at the door, and started projectile vomiting outside by the window. My husband called out and asked if I was okay. I managed to say I was fine in between rounds. 
When I finally finished and felt like I was okay to go back and lay down, I spit a few more times to get rid of the taste. As I looked up, there was a face about three feet in front of me in the darkness. I stared at it, and it stared at me. I was petrified and couldn't move, but I was also afraid to take my eyes off it. I slowly moved my head up and down, side to side, trying to figure out and get a better angle of whatever the heck this thing was. It slowly began to mimic my movements. There we were in the forest darkness, bobbing up, down, back and forth slowly, leaning closer and closer to one another as we tried to figure each other out. I stared straight into its cold, hollow eyes. I couldn't look away, fearing what would happen if I did. I stared back at it, and it stared back at me, almost as if we didn't know what we were doing. It was too dark to make out any features, but the face had a shape of a human face, but I could see the body behind it was more hunched over and distorted looking. We stayed that way for what felt like forever until I finally managed to call out, Uh, babe? Yeah, my husband responded. There's something out here, I said only slightly raising my voice. He asked what was going on and I told him I don't know, some kind of animal. I told him I'm too afraid to move. Eventually, he opened the door and looked out the camper into the darkness. He asked me where, unable to see anything. It's right in front of me, just watching, I told him, bewildered that he couldn't notice it. He grabbed a flashlight and shined it in front of me, and just as quickly as I had seen it, it had vanished into thin air. There was nothing there. I never saw it leave, I never saw it walk away. It was just keeping that cold, dead gaze on me the whole time. How could it not be there? I definitely still need clarification on this interaction. I know it was there, I saw what I saw, it wasn't a dream, and I know I wasn't hallucinating. I was just simply sober, I never smoked, I still never smoke, I don't drink, I still don't drink. Can anybody tell me what they think this was? What I Found by Anonymous Sitting on the western side of the Missouri River is Omaha, Nebraska, a large metropolis that has been Nebraska's largest city for many years. It has witnessed many historical events throughout its almost 170 years. Like many cities, Omaha had many ethnic neighborhoods where new immigrants settled down with people of their kind. A section of town known for its meatpacking plants appropriately named South Omaha became the home of many Eastern Europeans, Poles, Czechs, Germans, Lithuanians, Slavics, Croatians, and more all resided here. However, many of these slaughterhouses closed as years passed and the area changed forever. A few remain, but the days of massive feedlots are gone. Growing up here, I was always told stories about South Omaha and its past. Many old buildings remained to act as silent monuments to the old days and often mesmerized me in my youth. I wanted to see these old buildings, some old slaughterhouses, factories, even old breweries that Omaha was once famous for. One building stood out to me though. One of the old slaughterhouses lay close to the train tracks that cut South Omaha in half. This building was massive with almost five stories. It was very long, about three complete football fields wide. Built of brick and steel, this old building was a testament to the people of this city. 
However, I heard it would soon be demolished and was instantly saddened by the news. Hearing about urban exploration over the internet always piqued my interest, but I was always too nervous about trespassing. Since this building was set to be demolished, I decided to go and see it before it became a parking lot. I set out of my truck on a fantastic fall evening to see this behemoth of a building. I brought my heavy LED mag light and dressed in light hiking gear to avoid looking conspicuous. The slaughterhouse lay near the train tracks in a more deserted area of South Omaha. Around it were other buildings adorned with the same red and white brick that this building also wore. Many tall grasses and empty lots surrounded the building, all the while a chain-link fence surrounded the entire complex that was the slaughterhouse. I was prepared for this and parked some distance away on a side street near a garage. Walking towards the building, I became aware of its immense size. It indeed was magnificent and occupied a mammoth amount of space. The fence did not feature a barbed wire top so that I could climb over. The minute I stepped onto the ground after the fence, I felt a strange sensation from inside me. Nervousness? Fright? I guess both if I had to really give a guess. Whatever it was, it remained with me as I proceeded on. I approached a door with a window on the side of the building. Whatever logo or name had been affixed to it before had long worn off and the glass was covered in dirt and grime. I tried the handle and it would not budge. I felt the door loose and figured it could probably be opened with some force. I eventually got it open after bashing my shoulder into it, accidentally breaking the lock. Oh well, I thought. It was going to be torn down anyway. I entered the slaughterhouse and flicked on my flashlight. As I stepped into the pitch blackness, I was greeted with a large open room that featured lots of decrepit machinery undoubtedly used for meat processing. The walls and floor were tile, easy cleaning, shouldn't be too long to do that. Long conveyor belts were shaking and snaking through the room strewn with dust and cobwebs, Control stations, desks, and more surrounded me. None of this, though, looked like it had been touched for many years. I made my way through the mess of machinery and dust until I reached a pair of double doors. I pushed them open slightly into another large room. But as I did, something, something changed. It suddenly became frigidly cold, which was odd because it was only 65 degrees out. So sure, it wasn't like hot, but it wasn't cold either and there was no wind at all. It felt like winter had come into this room alone. I shivered but pressed on. The next room was what I presumed to be the killing floor. It had a significant main pathway for the cattle to move through and then conveyor belts to carry them to the next station to be dressed. Now, living near the stockyards all my life, I have become used to the smells that emanate from this part of town. The smell that hit me as I browsed this room was on a different level, though. It was not a familiar smell of cow poop or burnt meat, but of death, decay, and disease. It was otherworldly. I have read and heard about rotting smell lending itself to wendigos, skinwalkers, and the like, so I was on edge. I tried to convince myself that it was just a dead animal or something more reasonable. I continued to walk through the next room with an absolutely uneasy feeling. Suddenly, a sound like no other shook the room with great ferocity. It was the bellow of a ball. It did not sound normal, though. 
sounded like a cry. This was incredibly loud, shrieking like it was about to charge. I looked around quickly to find the scream source, but I couldn't find a damn thing. I continued to move through the room, finally reaching the other end. Bright, shiny tile lined this side of the room, with more conveyor belts, large plastic bins on wheels. As I closed in on these bins, I was in a state of absolute shock. These bins were full of bones. They were massive bones, obviously from cows. How could they still be here? This place has been out of operation for close to 40 years. The bones were still bloody and smelled fresh. I was about to start freaking out at this point, honestly. I looked down and saw the floor was covered in blood from these bins. I quickly stepped back and nearly slipped on the tile. As I did this, I noticed a light from one of the doors near my end. Two red eyes appeared in the dark, and I leaned closer to see what it was. Suddenly, another loud bellow rang through the room, and those eyes got closer. I could hear hooves on the tile floor. I sprinted from my spot, bolted through the door, and got to the other side of the room. Once through the door, I ran down a hall lined with shiny tile. I followed this hallway, hoping to find my way out. I expected the bull to find me, or maybe just leave me alone entirely, but I was still determined. I reached the end of the hallway and approached the doorway with rubber flaps across it like you would see at a butcher shop. I pressed through and turned to the right, but stopped dead. A faint red light bulb exposed a workstation with multiple men cleaning a cow. They, they wore long white smocks, helmets, goggles, and rubber boots. One was spraying down the cow, the other was cutting a part off, and the last was moving some bones to a bin. I couldn't believe my eyes. How is this possible? Did some meat packing still take place? That couldn't be possible, there's no way. As I stepped more into the room, I heard something unusual. They weren't speaking English. It sounded almost uh, Eastern European, maybe Polish. It had to be. I remember my grandparents speaking Polish to me occasionally. With my grandfather being full-blooded Polish, I was still in awe what I was seeing. I needed to get by these guys to leave, so I started to move past them. I don't know how, but they heard me and all turned to look. Everyone stopped what they were doing. Three bespeckled men stared at me with only the dim red light exposing them. I froze in my tracks and knew I was trespassing. One man shouted something in Polish to me and began moving my way. The others followed. I fled to the other door and sprinted as fast as possible down the hallway. I heard their footsteps behind me, but their gear must have slowed them down somewhat because I outran them. Soon, I found an exterior door and bashed it open. I was on the other side of the slaughterhouse but quickly found the road on the west end of the lot, leading me back to the truck. Eventually I did feel safer outside, now that I could catch my breath, walk around and hide. While doing so, I took one more glance towards the building. My legs froze at what I saw. I saw the three men looking at me through an open truck dock. They looked the same, except they had red, glowing eyes. I began to run now, losing my mind in fear. As I saw my truck up the road, another bull bellow echoed through the street and hurt my ears. How could this be happening? I hopped in my car and peeled out of there. Looking in my rearview mirror, I couldn't see anything, but I was forever shaken by what I found. Never again would I explore the abandoned buildings, especially where many animals were killed. What did those men want with me? 
What would I have done? What was that creature? I have no idea. After doing a bunch of research online, reading a bunch of stuff on Reddit, and even listening to shows like Swamp Dweller, I just kind of think it might have been some sort of skimwalker. I don't know. I don't know what it is that I saw. Bye, Midori. Hey Swamp, it's me again, Midori. This happened a couple of nights ago. So unlike some of the other things I have sent you, the details, at least those that I know, are still fresh in my mind. So for some context... So, for some context, this happened at a park called Stolsoft Park. The whole thing is inside of my city. I would say it is maybe a square mile in total area. Sorry, I'm not too familiar with acres. It is mostly forest, with a playground facing the street on the northern end. The playground, along with the north and south entrances, are elevated hill streets, so the forest gradually goes downward, meeting at a valley in the center. The playground is bordered by a forest on two sides. The swing set, where I was, is maybe ten feet away from the fence separating one side of the playground from the forest. I'm sorry if that is confusing. I should say I usually go swing there anytime between 9 at night and midnight, mainly because I like being the only person in the park. I am not some curmudgeon who does not like kids or anything, I just prefer less crowded places in general. So, on this night I believe it was around 11 something, when I hear shuffling behind the fence. This is not unusual at all, and I don't react in any way. Maybe five minutes later, I heard it again, and it sounded like something approximately human-sized. My first thought was a mountain lion. Despite the park posting signs warning of mountain lion activity, I have never actually seen one here. They do not worry me anyway, because a mountain lion will not usually attack or even really care about a human if you don't do something stupid like mess with their young. I have encountered them elsewhere. They generally mind their own business. My next thought was a creeper, and I mentally prepared to jump off and run to my car. At this point, I was looking at the fence. On that night, the moon was not shining per se, but it was casting its glow, giving minimal visibility. At ten feet away, however, I would at least be able to see movement, especially of this being's assumed size. As I was mulling it over in my head... I heard not exactly what you call a growl, but almost a moaning, I guess. It lasted about five seconds. Then I heard something moving away. The weird thing was, the movement came from quite a ways off. In the same direction, and the vocalization came from right at the fence, ten feet away from me. Now at this point, the sensible thing to do would be to just leave, but having just happened, I was dumbfounded and just continued swinging for another 30 seconds or so. And then, of course, it got more strange. As I was swinging, I saw a flashlight in the distance, near where the playground hits the streets. This is maybe 60 or 70 feet from me. With obstacles such as play structures and other things in the way, my first thought that it was a police officer or something of the sort. The playground technically is closed, 
and they all are because of the corona situation. But I've swung at parks after they've been closed for years, and if the police even care about things like that, they've never even bothered me. The guy came a bit closer, but he is moving at an angle towards me in the general sense, but moving at an angle. As in, if you envision the area as a clock with me at six, he started at 12 and he is moving towards seven. Sorry, that is the only way I can really describe it. 10 feet from the swing set in the opposite direction of the fence, there's a 20 foot by 20 foot metal overhang with one of those fishnet pattern tables for picnics. I hopped off the swing and crouched behind it. In the day, this would be a completely useless hiding place. But at night, a person hiding behind it would just look like a part of a mass of shadow. I watched as it approached, and while I could not make out any details or colors, I could see that he was dressed almost like a hunter from the show Supernatural. He looked to be wearing baggy pants, a vest and a hat, the most common kind of hat with a duckbill on the front, the kind they sell at Lids. There looked to be things strapped on his arms and legs. Mind you, visibility was unbelievably bad, and I may have mistaken many of these details. He was carrying a flashlight aimed at the ground in front of him. On his opposite hand, it looked like he had some sort of stick, like a gymnastics baton or something. All I know was the general shape. It occurred to me that if this guy fancied himself a hunter, then a pale girl swinging at midnight is probably the worst thing you can be. Either way, this situation now seemed potentially dangerous. If this person came close, I decided to run for the far fence, leading into the forest. Note that between me and my car, despite the small size of the forest, finding a person hiding in it would be impossible at night. Even with a flashlight, I am completely familiar with the forest. I am currently 27, and I have been coming here since I was 7 or 8 years old. Even in complete darkness, I could navigate it well enough to hide if I had to. As I crouched down, the person stopped briefly, then continued down into the forest entrance. That is basically the ending of our encounter. I waited for a few minutes, and then I tried to see if I could still see it. I am not sure if the two events were related at all. As far as the noise I heard, I know what mountain lions sound like. The only other fauna in the park are deer, squirrels, and insects. I honestly do not know if this was a skimwalker or anything like that. All I heard was the sound. There was no smell, and I did not get necessarily a terrible feeling from that person with the flashlight, even though they were dressed weird. Also, I don't think this force would be big enough to house something like that, but maybe it could be just big enough for something to stop by for a few days. We do have a good-sized forest farther up in the mountains, not too far away, called Hubbard Park. You probably have to travel about 20 minutes through the suburbs to get there, but I'm not sure that it would be impossible for a skimwalker to bounce between these two locations. Do you guys think I saw a skimwalker? Do you guys think I possibly saw somebody hunting a skimwalker? I don't know. Thanks for listening to these creepy and downright strange cryptid encounter horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, be sure to punch that like button so it knows you mean business. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes, and that helps the swamp grow its ever-expanding waters. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss a new episode. 
I upload them multiple times a week in all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, and pretty much everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. It's absolutely free and always will be. I would love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. Honestly, something about evil presences lurking in the woods and you have to live there after the creepy encounter kind of just makes me feel a certain type of goosebump that most of these other stories didn't quite hit. So I'd have to say the first story was my favorite tonight. I'd love to know your opinions down below. If you made it all the way to the end, today's code word is Blue Wave. Be sure to comment Blue Wave down below. The funniest comment will be pinned at the top. Love confusing people who don't make it to the end and just search the comments. It's always funny to see their confusion. Thank you guys so much. Be sure to join me over on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Instagram, Facebook, all the good social medias, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.